Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message from Stonebridge United Methodist Church. We hope it encourages you to live and love like Jesus. Hello, my name is Jeff Wanger, and I will be reading Acts chapter 4, verses 32 to 35. The community of believers was one in heart and mind. None of them would say, this is mine, about any of their possessions, but held everything in common. The apostles continued to bear powerful witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and an abundance of grace was at work among them all. There were no needy persons among them. Those who owned properties or houses would sell them, bring the proceeds from the sales, and place them in the care and under the authority of the apostles. Then it was distributed to anyone who was in need. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. No such luck. I'm not coming out with a superhero thing today. You can go online. Last week's message by Pastor Jana, if you haven't seen that, you need to do that. You need to go online because Pastor Jana had a grand entrance last week. Sorry to disappoint. So many of us have, uh, in our homes, we have a, a cedar chest or a, you might call it a hope chest or um, a blanket chest or, or even a uh, army surplus store trunk or these big plastic bins where we put things, right? We put things in those sometimes with the idea that someday I want to make sure that this can go to my kids or to my grandkids or I want to share this with the county museum or whatever it is. The things we put in there may have different kinds of meaning and value. Right? It might just be sentimental that we want to pass along. Could be some historical value. Could be that there's real monetary value. But we take those things and we, in a sense, we sacrifice our own usage of these things and enjoyment of these things and put them there because we know we're planning to give it away for others. So in this uh, scripture passage that we read today, we see this first church. The first expressions of church certainly knew how to help each other, how to love one another through giving. I mean, it presents a wonderful vision, doesn't it? It presents a wonderful vision of people who are truly engaged with one another in such a way that when someone has need, well, someone else in the community surely has what you need. And then there's a time that somebody else needs what you have and you share. And and so it's a beautiful vision of what it could possibly look like. Excuse me. That's an expression of love. I mean, we've talked about love, that love is uh, it's about doing. It's an action. It's a verb. It's what you do. It's not just an emotion of what you feel. It's what you do for the benefit of somebody else without expecting return. So it's a beautiful vision of this expression of love, that they loved one another through giving in this early community. But, you know, hey, the church is full of humans, and when you think about the humans... In that day and time, you wonder, how long did it take for someone to say, well, I don't know if I really want to keep sharing my stuff. Or, or, well, I'd like to share, but I don't know if I want to share it with those people. Actually, we found out it didn't take long. You get to Acts chapter 6, only two chapters later. And what was going on in this, in this community as people were learning to live into this life of the way of Jesus <clears throat> 
that they, they were doing the, the things that had been taught from a long time ago, from early, early in the Old Testament. One of the things that is taught is that the, the community of faith will take care of widows and orphans, which in that day and time were the most vulnerable people in the population. And the teaching consistently was, you will take care of those people. So this early Christian community was taking care of the widows. There was a food distribution, and somewhere along the way, someone noticed something different. Because, you know, in that early Christian community, it wasn't just people of a Hebrew background. The church now opened the doors and opened the arms to welcome anybody and everybody. And so, and so you had these, these widows who were of a Hebrew background, and it was discovered that they were receiving more food in the daily food distribution than the women who were from the Greek-speaking Hellenistic background. So somewhere, somewhere along the way, it didn't take very long for someone to say, well, well, you know, let's just give those people less. Or, well, we really care about these people, we're going to give them more. It didn't take long for that to become an issue. See, we humans have always been tempted by greed. I, you, know, you know, I have to wonder if, if uh, you could put a soundtrack to uh, in our culture in our day and time, but what it, what it might sound like when we are considering our own money and possessions. I wonder if it might sound like... Right? That classic scene from uh, Finding Nemo. Mine, mine, mine. Well, there's some important lessons for us in the Scripture today. First is, we need to release our grip. Release our grip. Verse 32 says, none of them, none of the people in this early Christian community would say, this is mine, about any of the possessions, but held everything in common. I mean, that church had a loose grip. In our day and time, we live with a delusion that we can actually own things, possess things. I mean, I know there's ownership. I get that. I understand. But I mean, it's more about the relationship that we have with money and possessions. The relationship we have with it. And I know, I know some of you right now, or maybe from a few minutes ago, are thinking, great, I haven't been to this church in four months, and, he, I come, and he's talking about money. Or I finally decided to visit this church for the first time, and he's talking about money. Well, believe me, there are a lot of Sundays we don't talk about money. This happens to be one of them. This happens to be one of them. I mean, it could be worse. It could be worse. I'll tell you about an experience I had with my kids one time. I had a Sunday off and wasn't traveling, and so I said, hey, I want to try to visit. I want to go visit this other church, see what's going on over there. Would you all like to go? Sure. They said, but what, what's it like? And I said, oh, it's, it, I'm told it's a really cool church. I mean, it's really contemporary. Uh, it, there's a younger crowd than the church that you see on Sunday mornings, and, and it's supposed to have great music. And they were like, yeah, sure. Now, at the time, my son was around fourth grade. My daughter was around eighth or ninth grade. So we go to this church. And we walk in, and sure enough, it's a cool place. You know, it's a cool place. It has a great vibe as soon as you walk in the door. And there's smiling people, and you can hear great music, and everything's really cool and nice and attractive. And you go in, and there's somebody handing you the bulletins, and you take the bulletins, and you go and you sit down in the theater-style seats, right? So my kids and I, we go, and we sit down, and we kind of all at the same time 
look at our bulletin, and it says, Today's message, joy in the marital bed. Not kidding. So I just kind of looked sideways at my kids, and my daughter just, you know, kind of dropped her arms and kind of, you know, went limp for just a minute there. My son was looking at it, and he just kind of looked at me, and he said, this is not okay. I said, I know, I know. I know, I'm sorry. I should have looked. I should have looked ahead of time. I'm very sorry about this. We did not have the conversation at lunch that day of what did you learn today? We did not have that conversation. So, so hey, it could be worse. That, that could be the day here today. <laughs> it's important for us to learn these lessons from this early Christian community. I know it was a very different time. I know it was very different. They had different government. They had different economic system. They had different all kinds of things. I understand that. The point the scripture makes, though, is these Christians took care of one another. They took care of one another. They understood that the people were more important than their own money and possessions. Now, my guess is many of you have... um, participated in downsizing your parents or grandparents. Uh, that's, that's a whole adventure on its own. And uh, I've, my sister and I have done it twice. Uh, when my mother moved from the house to an independent living uh, apartment in a retirement village, and, uh, and just last May, uh, moving then her into a nursing home on the same property. And uh, so we, last May, had to liquidate her belongings. Among them... Now my, now, my mom and dad, both, they liked to get nice things, right? I mean, they didn't just kind of get the cheap. They got nice things, <clears throat> and then they took care of them. So while we were going through things, and, and there was this bedroom set uh, in there, and I said to my sister, I said, I think they bought that set when I was six years old. Is that, does that sound right? She said, she thought a minute, she said, yeah. Yeah, that sounds about right. That was in, well, it was in the 1960s. I'll just say that. Late, very late, the very late 1960s. This bedroom set that looked like it had just come out of the showroom. I mean, in perfect condition, no scratch, no smudge, no stains, no, nothing. I mean, it was in perfect condition to be sold at an estate sale. We all, we all have things, sure, for a time. Sometimes we think we can just grasp and hold on to everything that we have. We need to release our grip. We also need to tighten our belt. Well, that's all, now, that's always good advice, right? That's always good financial planning advice. Tighten your belts. Try to spend less money. That's not a bad idea anyway. <clears throat> But I'm not, I'm not advocating a, any kind of austere life. Um, but to think of it in terms of the money that I spend, is it all, is it all just for me? Of the resources I have, is, do I just spend it on me? That we would be more mindful of our spending as an act of stewardship. I mean, if I spend less on me... I might have more resources to share with others. That might be a good thing. We won't solve, you know, we won't solve the problems of homelessness or those big, big issues that we have in this way. But 
But I just mean, you know, there's, when you, when you look at the, the, the articles and the statistics, I bet every one of us has someone within our acquaintance orbit that is having a lot of trouble paying for prescriptions that they need. I bet somewhere in our acquaintance orbit we know somebody, or if there's somebody we may not know that this is a situation, but they have a major car repair, and they don't have the money to get it fixed. And they really have to have their car working so they can go to work. Somebody who needs to take care of some things for their kids, and they don't know how they're going to do it. It's not that far away from us. What would that look like to be able to help? So, the economy, of course, is an interesting thing these days. It's not a bad idea to tighten your belt just because of what's going on. I mean, I mean, I read an article the other day about how uh, home equity values are higher than they've been. I mean, the, the loan-to-equity ratio is, is crazy right now. And yet, if you have retirement accounts, and, and did you know, I mean, the estimates are anywhere from 25 to 50% of adult Americans don't have any retirement plans. So if you're fortunate enough to have a retirement account of some kind, well, we don't want to look at it right now, do we? <laughs> because you might have home equity that's going up, then you look at the and you're like, oh, no. So tightening your belt is not a bad idea. And know that for other people, that scenario is far worse for them than it is for us. Whatever your situation, whatever your situation, there's always someone that's struggling even more. So, that kind of leads us to the third point of this scripture passage. Give it away. Give it away. I'm I'm mindful of the words of John Wesley. I mentioned this a few weeks ago. John Wesley, founder of the Methodist movement, when he, he was talking about money, and he said, when it comes to money, make all you can. The Bible doesn't say don't do that. Make all you can, sure. Secondly, save all you can. Third, give all you can. It makes a difference. When you see this in, in, this, in the Scripture, you see the, the result of the generosity, one of the things... It said was there were no needy people among them. Wow, talk about another amazing vision. Wow, what if there were no needy people among us? That you didn't see the person holding the cardboard sign by the stoplight. Wow. That'd be amazing. But the scripture points out that the, that the real important message here is that they, the people of the church, early Christians, continued to bear powerful witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. That their giving, that their loving through giving of one another became a powerful witness. We've talked about this on many occasions, that the, the calling of God to the, God's people from way back in the Old Testament was to be a witness of God's goodness and glory to all the people of the earth. 
And that by in this community, the, the generous giving and sharing that they did with one another became a powerful witness to their faith in the resurrected Jesus. That loving through giving makes a difference in the community, and it is a tremendous witness outside of that. This kind of generosity and loving through giving expresses our gratitude to God for what we have. It expresses our trust in God for those things we're not sure about. But it also expresses our sense of worth and value of other people. I think in some ways that's what greed is at its, at its root. This sense of not having worth or value of other people. And I should just have it all myself. So this early Christian community learned what it meant to give and to share with one another. Now, through the years being involved in the church, I've had lots of occasions where somebody would approach me and say, um, you know, I know that so-and-so is going through some really difficult financial times. I know that they've been without a job for two months. I know that I know they have mounting medical bills. I know whatever it is. I know they've just, they've, they're really hurting. And I've got, I, I've got some money. I'd like to help them. So, so I'm going to write a check to the church, and I want the church to write a check to them. Now, I think there's different reasons why people do that. Um, I would suggest talking to your tax accountant, because there are uh, problems with that, <laughs> just to be real honest. And I know that a lot of times people want to do that because they want it to be anonymous. I, I don't want them to know I did it. I think the Scripture invites us to say, yeah, I want to do this for them. I want to show my love and care for them by going to them and saying, look, I know you've gone through a hard time. I'm doing fine. I'm doing okay. And I can share something with you because I care about you, because I love you. Then I I want to give you this to help out. You use it any way you want to use it. I mean, because that's what a gift is, right? You use it however you want to use it. I just want to do this because that's what we are supposed to do, is to care for one another, to love through giving. And so I want you to have that. Wow, what a loving thing. What a loving thing. What a loving... And, how, and I, I think, as I imagine that, I think it'd be completely humbling for both sides. But what a way to love through giving. So I hope that as, as I've talked, I hope that you've been reflecting on all of your giving. On all of your giving that... Um, I mean, Mary and I had these conversations. You know, I mean, the church is the priority for us, certainly. I mean, that's where we give the vast majority of, of our giving. But there are other, there are other ministries, there are other institutions, uh, agencies that do work that we can't do that we think are really important. And so we want to make sure and give to those as well. Not a giant amount of money, but we want to make sure and maximize that. And if we knew of someone in need, then we would, we would give to them if we could. So I hope you're reflecting on all of your giving as I've talked today. Because we want to be a church that lives and loves like Jesus. Maybe lives and loves like those early Christians. So each week we've been doing some uh, action items, things kind of, kind of takeaways. Here's some things to do. So let me talk through just, just a short list today. So one is to do exactly what I was just talking about. Reflect on your relationship with your money and possessions. Not just what you have, not just the amount not just the value, 
not just your own personal balance sheet. What's your relationship with it? Maybe, maybe even ask yourself the question, and who's in charge here? Who's in charge? I think a second thing to do is to list, make a list for yourself of three things that you can do to help others through giving. Now, this was a pretty traditional three-point message today. So, you know, you might just reflect on what are the ways I can release my grip a little more? What are ways that I can tighten my belt? What are ways that I can give it away? Three things for you that you know you could do to show more love through giving. And then third, a part of our giving certainly is to God's work through our church. And so prayerfully consider what you would want to uh, commit to doing uh, in terms of financial gifts for Stonebridge United Methodist Church in 2023. Our relationship with our money and things, it's important. The Bible speaks of it many times. You know, one of the things that I, I find interesting is the many times in the Gospels that the experiences and the, uh, the, the stories and the conversations of Jesus happen at a table. They happen at a table. Either, either they're at table having conversations that gets recorded in the Gospels, or, it's, uh, or Jesus is inviting someone to dinner, or someone's inviting Jesus to dinner, or he's telling a parable of the, of the great banquet, right? It involves this table for all. So much of it involves a table. So today, we're going to celebrate communion, and we have a chance to come to a table. And in this table is the bread of heaven and the cup of salvation. At this table, all are welcome. Thank you for listening to this message from Stonebridge United Methodist Church. You are invited to worship with us every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. For more information, visit our website, mysumc.org. Have a blessed day.